Hi everybody and welcome to Full Metal Pod. Let's call it a very special final episode. I'm your host Jason. And I'm Jimmy. So we've had a week go by and we're going to start with the same question we start all the time. How is your week? It feels a little less this week. You know, no Full Metal for me to watch. So, uh, that I... I would say I went through some anime withdrawal, but then I just hopped on the My Hero Academia train, and uh, I've been binging that, and uh, I didn't know what I was missing. So, for no one who recommended it to me, like I don't think anyone recommended it to me, so shame on all of you trying to leave me out of this this awesome adventure. I know it by name, but, immediate, but uh, admittedly, I just don't know much about it. Um, I know that it is an anime, so I'm probably going to have to start binging it, too. I did finally jump on the Black Mirror train, like, you know, seven, six, seven years after everybody else did, uh, which is weird. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I guess you are experiencing it now. Like, when you jump onto a show after everybody's already seen it, this is like when you're watching the show and while everybody else is watching it, then it's like in the zeitgeist. Everybody can talk about it and, and whatnot. So everybody's talking about like, oh, did you see the latest episode of, uh, of you know, The Mandalorian or Captain America and the, and the Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier and all that stuff. But like if it's a show that everybody watched, has like watched and they're over it and whatnot, then it's like you can't do the same thing. Yeah, I, I do enjoy watching something so far from like maybe five seasons in or however many seasons in because it is great to be able to just like talk about as much as you want about it and everyone's kind of like in on it already on that note i was at work today and three of us were talking about game of thrones and then one person was like no spoilers how do you feel about that my general rule, so I think TV's a little different. For movies, my general rule is three years, sometimes two. If if you couldn't get around to watching the movie, like it, it, we have video on demand, you can buy stuff on like iTunes or the Google Play Store, you can Redbox, and then everything eventually hits some kind of streaming platform, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Stars. So it's like, if you really did want to see it, you would have found a way to see it within a three-year time. So spoiling a three-year-old movie, I you know, I don't have a problem with that. I kind of feel the same way about TV shows. Maybe give it a little longer since, you know, a, se- a season is longer than like a three-hour sitting of a movie. So maybe like four years or something. But after that, it's like, yeah, if you really wanted to watch it, you should have watched it by now. I feel like, I don't know. I know we both grew up in this time where... Like, if you missed it, you missed it kind of thing. I mean, we both, we had VCRs, and you could try to record things. I was really bad at, like, setting a VCR, so I never was able to truly record live stuff unless I pushed the button myself. But I grew up in a time where you watched the TV show when it aired, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you talked about the next day. Uh, So I personally feel like, you get a, I know this is going to sound harsh, but I feel like you get a week because of DVR time. Like, I'm like, you get a full week to watch that episode 
and then it's just out in the world. You know, and then it's like, well, if you didn't catch the ending of Game of Thrones, your luck has run out today. Yeah. If we're going to talk talk about it. But, I don't know. Though, for me, spoilers don't do anything. I still, and I could hear spoilers and still enjoy the show, so they don't do anything to me. But I know some people are very sensitive about that. Yeah. Well, I so... Also, a lot of times it might depend on the property. So, like, when the, what's it called? When, uh, let's say, Endgame came out, Avengers Endgame, I was, like, six months. Because it was such a big movie that if you couldn't find time to go and watch it within a six-month period, you probably didn't care all that much about it being spoiled. Like, that, that was kind of my attitude, like... If you really cared about spoilers, you would have you would have found time. Like, okay, I get it. Maybe you couldn't go opening weekend, or maybe you were busy that month or something. But for six months, you know, and all, like almost every theater was playing it on multiple screens. You know, it's like you, you just you don't care that much about it being spoiled. Hmm. This is interesting. Now that you bring that up, I feel like I have different feelings now. I feel like this. Okay, I'm gonna say my official stance on spoilers. For me personally, I do think like Endgame and Infinity War, I was like closed lipped on that. I for the long, if you told me you hadn't watched it, then I would stop talking about it automatically. Mm. And I feel like that and like what was it like Avatar: The Last Airbender? I don't think I talked about. I won't talk about the ending if people haven't watched it. I think it's things that I feel like pay off at the end or have really great like emotional value to the ending of them or something happens and I mm-hmm. want you to experience that. But things where I feel like it dropped the ball, I'm like, I don't care if I spoil it for you because like mm-hmm. they dropped the ball on on this. So I think if it's something that I feel is like worth you experiencing it live, then I will not spoil it for you. But if I if I don't care about the property, I feel like I will. So I guess that is biased on my part. You know, I think I I agree with you on that because I remember when I saw um, the New Mutants, I spoiled it for a friend, and like she was upset because she was like, I would I might have gone and watched that, and I was like, I just saved you fifteen bucks. That movie is not worth watching. I feel like <laughs> so. yeah, I feel like you can't spoil. New Mutants. I just caught it on HBO Max, and I think that movie spoils itself. Like it's just like a very bad watch. Sorry, uh, New Mutants fans. If you really a New Mutant fan, pick up the comic books. They're way better than this movie, and hopefully, we'll get them uh, a part of the MCU. So, let's fingers crossed. Speaking of which, and we're recording this on Monday, so earlier today, Marvel dropped like a teaser trailer kind of thing where they, uh, with a Stanley voiceover, I'm sure a lot of you have already seen it, uh, but they dropped this morning at a Stanley voiceover, and then they gave us a little teaser trailer uh, of Eternals. It's like the first we've ever seen of anything on the Eternals, and then uh, then they went and listed with with dates the the release of new films and the new slate for phase four and you know now they've uh, officially announced the black panther sequel the captain marvel sequel 
um, Ant-Man and the Wasp sequel, all that. But I don't know if you caught it at the very end before like the Marvel logo comes out. They're either making an Avengers A or a Fantastic Four four. And I can't like I'm still trying to figure out what it is. And maybe they're purposely leaving it ambiguous to throw us off. I thought that was a Fantastic Four four. But so, Yeah, so know. that's what I thought it was, but I thought it could also be an Avengers because like traditionally every phase ends with an Avengers film. So if they're going on to phase five, which is what they said will have Fantastic Four and Blade and all that, then I imagine before phase five hits, they'll have another Avengers film. I was, and I, do you think that it's going to be a Captain Marvel movie? Because the type, uh, well, spoilers, everyone, but spoilers to like announcement trailer but the captain marvel 2 movie title is called uh the marvels and the s is the miss marvel symbol uh kamala khan miss marvel symbol so do you think it's a captain marvel movie or is it kind of just this jumble of people who have the marvel name i think it's going to be captain marvel and miss marvel teaming up so we know for a fact that miss marvel show is coming on Disney Plus. And then we already have Captain Marvel. And then obviously the character, like in the comics, she's a huge Miss Marvel, uh Kamala Khan, she's a huge um Captain Marvel fan, which is why she took on the name Ca- uh Miss Marvel. So you know I feel like they'll probably play into that in the MCU and have her somehow meet Captain Marvel and they team up and try to save the world or whatever. True. I I have seen some of the set footage of Miss Marvel in her costume. I think the costume looks pretty cool. I was worried about the casting, but seeing her in the costume, I'm kind of a little less worried. Um, but I don't know. I feel like... I don't... Captain Marvel has been one of my least favorite Marvel characters just mm-hmm. in general in the comics. I just don't like the like personality they gave her. She's a very by the books character and then that's her flaw. So I am interested to see her kind of with this like younger person who's more free flowing and and you know any excuse to get more Monica Rambo, I'm totally down cuz WandaVision made me want more of that yeah. character. And also, I think, so I, I mean, I guess the, in the same way that they're not letting Doctor Strange have a solo film coming up, like it is a Doctor Strange film, but from what I understand, uh, Scarlet Witch is essentially going to be his companion for a good portion of the film and, and whatnot. So like, I, I think it's probably going to be the same thing. Cap, Captain Marvel's probably not going to get her own film, so to speak, in the sense that she will, it will probably be her headlining it, but Miss Marvel will be featured heavily in it. And I feel a little torn about this because I love how big the world is getting. But it kind of is, there's so many great stories and I'm a big comic book fan. So I know like there's a whole bunch of great solo stories that could be told, but I feel like maybe we're not going to get that anymore. We're just going to get like a lot of team up movies. So, 
I'm a little gonna be a little bummed out if we don't get some like solo adventures, even a little down the road. Ah, uh, Shang Chi is going to be a Shang Chi is going to be a solo adventure, as far as I can tell. I mean, he's obviously teaming up with Aquafina's character, or whatnot. But as far as I can tell from the release announcements and stuff, like it's not going to feature other Marvel heroes. But I mean, like Doctor Strange got a lot of great stories. I think Captain Marvel, uh, I feel like she hasn't gotten a chance to really stretch her wings out and kind of uh, show us what she's got. Now she's kind of, I guess, a little more grounded now that she's got to be on Earth, possibly. I don't know, because I have no idea what the story is, but I, I do hope we get to see more side stories of these characters that have already been featured. And then we come together for some Avenger movies. But, you know, Thanos is great, so they they know what they're doing, clearly. Well, then it was also, I think, Phase 2, like a lot of people thought it didn't make sense after the Avengers met. Like, the Avengers now are aware of each other. They fought together before. And what's his face? Malekith the Accursed is planning on doing a universal-level destruction you know, wouldn't the Avengers have an interest in helping out in that? Or the president gets kidnapped in Iron Man 3, you know, possibly at least Cap and maybe Black Widow and Hawkeye could help out. You know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. gets attacked in Captain America, but none of the other Avengers show up. So, you know, it's like once they've all met each other, it's kind of weird to, to pretend like they don't exist. And I think it's hard for them now to do solo stuff because it's weird for them to pretend to exist like they don't exist in the, the, the same world, the same universe. Yeah, but I mean, they're, I'm going to be bummed that some of the storylines I've read aren't going to happen. Or maybe they will happen and we'll just like add a little twist to them. I am excited of the rumors of uh, Captain America 4. Yeah. Uh, man, now I don't want to... Oh, I guess that's all I'll say, because I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> Speaking of spoilers, like how we brought this up, but... I I was really disappointed that we're not getting a Blade in the next... in this year or next year. I was... I'm really looking forward to Blade. Yeah, me too. I think they did save Phase 5. But, uh, yeah, I think... Well, I guess we'll see what happens, but... Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what happens in Marvel, but uh, why not? Let's uh, before we start our Marvel podcast, let's wrap up Full Metal and give some final thoughts to our fans. That sounds good. Cool. So we're not reviewing an episode. Um, we're just kind of giving our final thoughts on the show, what we thought it meant, kind of maybe reliving some of the best parts, and I guess we can go back and forth, have a conversation on it. Um, and I'll share this uh, wise. Uh, Wisecrack did a video a few years ago, I'll put it in the notes, talking about the philosophy of Full Metal Alchemist, and they bring up a lot of good points. Uh, one of the big ones is the theme of like the balance between God and science, and also morality and science, because you, you see the Elwick brothers, they're very scientific-minded, you know, even when, um, when they go to Lior... And Rose tries to tell him about their their God and everything like that. And he says there is no God and everything like that. But then you also see what happens when people just have no morals. Like when they're a purely scientific mind. So like you see Shao Tucker turning Nina 
into a chimera and all the experiments that happen with the philosopher's stone and all that, like when there's just no, you know, when there's no morality in science, it can be extreme. It's like, even in the real world, like we have, well, nowadays, anyway, I mean, we could look back in the past, like with Joseph Mengele and stuff, but nowadays we have some ethics in science in the sense that we don't just like pull babies away from their parents and put them in the woods for five years to see what happens and stuff like that. Like we, we have some boundaries as to what we will do, but I guess their idea is well, there's a lot of people who think, oh, the world would be perfect if we were all just purely scientific minded. And I think the show explains shows that there has to be a balance because a lot of the people who are just pure logic and whatnot tend to be the bad guys. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that, yeah, that's true. You know, everyone we've seen who have, who has been evil has been truly, I don't know, tunnel vision on furthering their thing. Tucker is a very confusing character to me. I, I wonder if he had more time. Do you think he still would have? I feel like just because he was rushed, because he had his what evaluation coming up. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he decided to turn Nina and their dog into a chimera. And then the same thing happened with his first evaluation with his wife. Do you think... I don't... I, maybe he's just not a skilled alchemist and he just like took a shortcut. And then he like got panicked because of the evaluation. I'm not trying to justify him, but... I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that if his evaluation never came up, I feel like he wouldn't have done that to me. Uh, I think he I mean, yeah, I definitely think the evaluation did it. But at the same time, like that's, you know, we have performance evaluations in our job and stuff. So like evaluations are part of it. And it sounds like from what I remember the episode, he has an evaluation every two years. So he had two years to figure it out. Um. And he didn't. So, so yeah, he had the evaluations coming up. And so that's what caused him to do that to Nina. But at the same time, I think he just, like, he, yeah, he probably wasn't a good alchemist. And rather than losing his state alchemist status, he just did the evil thing and took the shortcut. I also, I also think, like, again, why. When we first meet him, and this all first happens, to us, like, chimeras are, like, a new thing. And then later on, we're, like, there's a gang of chimeras that greets, like, running. And then we see, like, or the chimeric, like, group at the end, those four guys. And it's kind of like, and these are successful, like, experiments. Like, these are successful chimeras. What Tucker created was uh, like abomination, mm-hmm. and it's like the the state. And we learned that like towards at the end that the higher officials already knew what was going on, and they just were like allowed this to happen. No one was like, "Your research is garbage. Like everything you're doing is garbage," because he. He didn't even come close to what they already achieved. 
Yeah, I think, so my theory, and they never really kind of say it, my theory is that with his first experiment where he fused his wife, that probably gave them the backbone or like the basics for them to create their own chimera. And I, I think that's when they started creating chimera in the military. And they were probably hoping for him to come up with something better, like create a chimera, be able to create a chimera without using a human, I think was what they were hoping he would figure out. That's my guess. Because all the chimera we've met so far were human-animal hybrids. And I think they were trying, hoping he can create like an animal that can talk or something like that. Hmm. I mean, I, it is interesting. Like we're still talking and about Tucker and like, this is kind of, again, like overviewing of how much I love the anime is like how much I love the anime. Cause everything comes to play. Like Tucker happened so early on in this show and yet we still talk about it throughout and i feel like anytime you talk about full metal alchemist to someone who's watched they're like oh that episode when that episode comes up you know just be prepared i've warned people i feel like people have warned me about it Mm -hmm. and it just gives like the credit of this anime how great it is that uh this like we're still talking about nina and tucker that I, and it was a horrific moment. So, and it's like the third or fourth episode. It's a really early episode when they bring that up. So it's like they go ahead and straight up tell you, like this is this is going to be a serious anime here. Yeah, I on your point of like science and religion, that's another thing that I really like about this anime is like everything had a duality to it. And some things you didn't find out had their other side till later on. And how they always talked about uh, equivalent exchange. It always felt like there was a, an opposite of each other always coming up. Like, uh, Oh, man. Now, I can't think of examples, but I, I hope you understand what I'm saying, yeah. everyone. Yeah, it's like that's a there's a lot of things. And one of the big things too, I think, was the reliance on friends versus the search for power. I think that is definitely summed up in the last episodes where uh mainly in Greed and Edward. So Greed finally realizes that what he truly wanted in life was friends like that. Like he 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 goes on and says like he was born with this hole in his heart so to speak or this hole in his being that makes him very greedy because he wants to fill this hole with whatever he can find in the world um and you know he just keeps gathering 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 and it never succeeds it never helped him so he i think he thought you know well if i take over the world like that's it like that's the that's the upper echelon there's nothing better than taking over the world so if i take over the world um uh, that that will fill the the hole i have in my heart he even says that in like the third to last episode then he realizes that really all he ever wanted was to have close connections and everything and then his like final words is, are like goodbye my friends when he dies or something to that point uh and then of course we have edward you know he's an alchemist an alchemist kind of think that they're demigods or whatnot because they're able to just create things obviously they're still bound by the laws of science uh you know equivalent exchange and stuff but 
And if they get a philosopher's stone, they could bypass that. But uh, Edward realized that, you know, having close bonds with people and having people who care about him was way more empower, more way more important than having the power of God. Yeah, I, I, I love greed a lot, and it is, it is interesting. Uh, like these characters, you said, like how much they feel like they wanted something so badly, and it turns out that that wasn't truly what they were seeking, and what they were seeking was to let go of this, uh, I guess what they were filling their life with, kind of this uh, unnecessary things. And then, like, for greed, he wanted everything, and he thought ruling the world, but what truly filled him was this friendship. And I feel like Ed found the same thing. Like He found what truly fulfills him is his friends and his family, and that he doesn't need alchemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, Truth kind of says he done it, he won. And I think that's probably, you know, he calls himself the truth. And I think that is the truth, that what really matters are the relationships you have. Like, that is the truth of life. True. Do you think you would be able to give up your alchemy? Hard to say. Uh, but I think I probably could. Like, if it was... Like, because, you know, the, the the choice for Edward was his brother or his alchemy. So if I was in a similar position, yeah, I'd give up my alchemy. Do you think, do you think Mustang, like, we, uh, Marco does come at the end with the Philosopher's Stone to heal Mustang's vision. But on the flip side, we, Ed's already figured out the secret. You know, it's to give up. You can give up your alchemy to retrieve what you've lost. Yeah. Um, what do we... We had... Well, Al's got his body back, so he doesn't really have to go through it again because of Ed's sacrifice. But do you, we have two more people who have seen truth. We have Azumi and Mustang. If Mustang didn't have the Philosopher's Stone, do you think he would have... I guess this is for both him and Izumi. Do you think they would have gone back through and given up their alchemy to get their lives back? I honestly don't think they would have. Mustang, definitely not. I don't think he would have because I think he feels like he needs his alchemy. Uh, Izumi, possibly. They never really tell us if she does or doesn't, so who knows. But I think it's possible she'd be willing to give up her alchemy for whatever like she i mean she keeps going on about how she doesn't want you know she she's not an alchemist she's a housewife and stuff now granted that might just be her being you know uh, uh modest or whatever but i don't think she really puts a lot of stock in her of uh, being an alchemist hmm I, I do feel like Azumi would go... If she could go back through, she would to give up her alchemy. I don't think she needs it. She's a more skilled fighter than a lot of the people there. Yeah. I think Azumi probably would have given it up. Um, yeah, I, I think 
Yeah, I think that's probably it. I don't think Ed w or Al would obviously because he has no reason to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think and if Mustang couldn't get his eyes healed, yeah, like he doesn't have a choice. He either goes blind for the rest of his life, or he goes back through years of alchemy. He he pretty much indicated that he was fine with being blind. Like before he knew that there was an option to get his eyes back with the stone, he was just like, "Yep, this is just this is just what it is." So it, he didn't seem like he indicated at any point that. He had now. Granted, maybe at some point in his life he would have changed his mind, but he didn't really indicate that he had plans to give up his alchemy in order to regain his eyesight. Hmm. I, I mean, I I feel I think now that I think about it, I feel the same way. I feel like Mustang doesn't doesn't need his eyesight. I don't know if people could would be wanting to follow him. Because we, what do we have the choices? Like, there's Grumman, him, and Olivier, all biting for the fear spot. Mm, I feel like being blind is a hindrance, or like, can be used against him when the other two are talking about him. Probably. Well, I think Grumman was only going to ever be a temper. Uh, at least that's what it indicated. He'd be a temporary fear. Grant, we have no idea how much time passed between the end of the final episode and then that little montage we see at the end like you know those kids look like they're probably toddlers so you know conservatively if i don't know i would say 10 years had passed because ed went on his trip to the west you know they're still using like old trains and stuff so it's not like they're airplanes or whatever so he was probably traveling for a year or two and then he probably comes back mary's winry you know, they probably start a little bit of life, then eventually get pregnant. So I'd imagine 10 years have passed. So in that time, I think Roman gave back the, uh, to the, the Fuhrer ship to Mustang. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess even being blind, that might have given Mustang a chance to still prove himself over like a 10 year period, maybe. Gosh, man. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I always feel like Grumman wants to hold on to it as long as he can. I like the way he was talking about how he was going to let Mustang and Olivier fight it out and then have themselves destroy each other. Yeah. And then he kind of just step in. I feel like Grumman would like to hold on to it as as much as he can. Probably. He's also older, though, so he could have just died of natural causes, too. But who knows? It It is strongly implied, though they don't come out and say it, it's strongly implied that that Mustang is the Fuhrer by the end, like in that collage or that montage at the end. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you think Olivier just goes back to uh, the Northern Post? I think she prefers it there. So I think she did. Like, I think it was for her, it's like Fuhrer or Briggs. Like, those are her only two options or two uh, choices for her life. So I don't. If she didn't get Fuhrer, my guess is she would have headed back to Briggs. Man. Well, I feel like I know the answer, but I was... Who is your favorite character? Oh, that's a tough one. So, Edward has always been one of my favorites. Um, I Yeah, it's, it's like a tie between, like, Edward, Scar, and Greed. I really like Scar and Greed because of the redemption arcs, though. 
Oh wow, I was I thought you were gonna say Winry. No, I mean I like her as a character, but like she's not she doesn't she doesn't play a lot of roles. One thing I really like about characters, like one of the things I like about Avatar, for example, I really like Zuko's redemption arc, how he goes from being a lost bad guy to all of a sudden like being a hero and we see that growth in him. I really like characters who grow, and so that's why Greed and en- uh, Greed and Envy, Greed and Scar were my two favorites. Because Scar has that redemption arc too, where he goes from being a violent murderer to like learning that his way of revenge was wrong, and then eventually helping save the entire country. I wish we had more of Scar. Um, I feel like. His arc, and the same with Greed, like, it, it was so fast. And in in reality, it wasn't that fast, but I think it's because those two were, like, sprinkled here and there throughout since meeting them and then the ending. Mm-hmm. Their growth has been sprinkled here and there. We didn't get to really see it fully. Like, when you brought it up Avatar, like, Zuko joined them, and you got to see him in every episode, him growing and changing. Here we got to see it like in this episode, and then we took a break, and now he's a little more grown in this one. Um, I would love to see if I could. There's so many things I want if I could get a spinoff, but I would love to see Scar work with Olivier and see how his journey continued. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be nice to see like what happened. I, I mean, we talked about it last time too. It'd be so great if they invested in making like. Uh, making like a companion series or something that just showed what everybody was up to in that, I don't know, five, 10 year period. Uh, you know, that would be nice to see what he was doing with, with Miles and Olivier over that time. I um, mean, unfortunately, we're not going to get that. Well, you never know. I guess never say never, but not likely we're going to get that. But yeah, I'm kind of curious what their life was like. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would say, I know people, I think out of the main cast, Al is my favorite. Uh, I love the optimism and just his like full trusting of people and looking uh, looking in of the better side of people. I love that about Al. But everyone knows I'm a big Hughes fan. Um, you know, I'll always hold on to Hughes to the very end. Oh, Havoc is great, too. There are so many great characters. I mean, I guess that was a tough question to ask you. There's so many great characters. I think I I think I like them all. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Al has a great arc as well because just, you know, the tragedy that, that came about him and then how he overcame that. And, yeah, I think... He has an amazing redemption arc. I will agree with you on that one. Like, uh, not uh, not redemption arc because he was never a bad guy, but like he definitely had a massive growth in his story. No problem. Which death impacted you the most? Like, which one were you like, oh man, that's intense? Because they all have like repercussions throughout, but like, which one when you were watching, you were like, oh, um, that one hurts. So Maze Hughes is always like the default one. Everybody always says that's the saddest death in the in the series. I tend to agree, but I think a close second would probably be Hohenheim's. And the reason why Hohen- I find Hohenheim so sad is that it is also like 
you know, he finally found it. I guess it's sad and happy because he finally found peace, but it's also like he all finally he finally put his family together, and then now he dies. So, I I would say I agree. Like, well, Hughes is very impactful because I like that character a lot. Hohenheim is kind of a mid tier character in my liking for me, but him at the end, it just felt like so much peace, and it, it felt like everything was wrapping up nicely like uh, him going and him being like reunited with his wife it's just like it's such a great moment and it's like hitting me now but i his death very much gave me the yeah i mean the other ones that come to mind for me are like boo his was pretty sad because he sacrificed himself and granted he wound up still helping in a very indirect way than what he probably initially thought he would do but yeah, he's like he 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 thinks. Oh, even when I give up my life, I'm not able to lay a lay a scratch on this man. Um, but you know, he winds up providing cover for Buccaneer to to lay a fatal blow on the Fear. But yeah, that one's still sad. Buccaneers is kind of sad too. But no, I I would say it's like sad, but one of the lower sad ones. Greed I thought was pretty sad. Um, because he kind of sacrificed himself to help them. Um, I think that's, eh, that probably taps it out for me in terms of the sad ones. I can't think of any others that are coming to mind. Oh, Greed's is good, but it's at that last line he says where he's like, you know, goodbye friends. And it's just like, that's a great ending line. Uh, um, I guess, you know, when, Scar gets rid of mm. Chimera Nina. Yep. That's a tough one for me. Uh, but again, like, I applaud this anime that all these, everything had an impact. Again, like, I say, I said it throughout this whole podcast, but everything has an impact. And I feel like there was no beat wasted in this show. Yep. Everything was very deliberate, and it's, which is very nice in a show and an anime, especially because a lot of manga, anime, that kind of stuff, and cartoons in general. But a lot of times, there's a lot of filler episodes, or you know, it's very, um, it's just very childish a lot of times. And you know, the power of friendship, and all of a sudden they get a random power boosts you know they're they're beaten into the dead and they're like i believe in myself or i have my friends and whatnot all of a sudden they unlock the superpower or whatnot and are able to win you know a lot of anime are like that but i feel like full metal alchemist is very grounded in reality it sets its rules very well like in establishing what their world is like and then it follows those rules really well as uh, too. And I really like that. I appreciate that. And everything they do is just really deliberate. Like even just minor details that we see, like we see uh, Winry's not wearing her earrings because she left them with Ed several episodes ago. Or Al's like his armor's hair is never quite right after the Buccaneer incident. And a lot of other random things like that, just the attention to detail that they have. Yeah, and I just love, like, how the world feels so big but yet so small. 
because uh, we get to see characters again that we met at the beginning of the anime and haven't seen the whole series, but they're going back to that town and we see them again. And it's just great that everyone has a purpose and uh, you get to see uh, characters grow. Even though you don't get to see their growth, you get to see what they turn into at the end. And uh, I feel like sometimes that's a. Uh, you know, Western cartoons don't have that, you know, feel. And that's like what I miss about when, I, when I'm when i not watching anime and I'm watching kind of something created here in the States. I miss that kind of overarching feel like that this brought to me. Hey, now Avatar was made by an American studio. And not all anime or not all. Yeah cartoons i would say granted i guess there's a lot of debate about whether avatar is an anime or not because there's some people who are purists and say anime has to come from japan and it was made by an american studio but it it follows a lot of anime themes so basically my thoughts are like my two favorite anime of all time are avatar and full metal alchemist and there's just a lot of parallels between them and i think it's for a lot of the same reasons that you just have this this deep this well-built universe, these develop, these well-developed, well-written characters, and yeah, everything seems everything seems deliberate. Like everything, everybody actually plays a role. Everybody, even minor characters, seem pretty fleshed out, and we get to get an idea of who they are. And yeah, everything just seems everything's just so perfectly done, and then the growth of the characters. The characters are not these one-dimensional beings. Like, they have depth to them. Yeah, I, I think, like, that that's a reason why those two are my favorite. Yeah, I definitely would say, you know, man, it's tough to think of what is my favorite shows to watch. But I could watch Avatar, The Last Airbender, over and over again. Even Legends of Korra. Yeah. I really like that too. Uh even though it takes place a little further down. Uh I'm really missing that middle part. I really really love to see an older Aang, but that you know, Avatar, I recommend that. I recommend this anime. Uh I don't know who's listening to our podcast all the way through and hasn't watched it yet. But if you are, definitely watch Full Metal. Um I feel like you pick up more every time you watch it. You just see different things. Yeah, it's like when you watch a movie, like maybe a Christopher Nolan movie or something that has a lot of twists and turns and all that crazy stuff, and then you watch it again, and then like you get it. I feel like Full Metal can be that way sometimes. Like you watch it the first time, and then you're like, oh, okay. And then you watch it a second time, and then you like start to pick up things that you didn't pick up the first time around. Yeah, and it's... it's uh. Yeah, because you're looking at it a different way, and you already know kind of what's coming up. You get to focus on some of the smaller details of uh, what's going on. I agree. You get to do all those small details, work on all those small details, and you you just those minor ones, after, just these little ones. Because you also it's just it's one of those things where like now that you know what's coming, you're paying attention to things a little differently. Like you know that oh, this might mean something in the future because. Uh, because I know this is what's going to happen. So you start paying closer attention to some things. Yeah. I think, um, man, 
I guess I'm going to have to take a little break from that and then go back. To it. It's always fun taking a break and then going back to it after a few months or so. You know, I always find myself wanting to watch certain episodes of uh, Full Metal. So mm-hmm. I do think it after you watch it, you can always go back and revisit uh, some of the funnier episodes. Yeah, I mean, once you've already seen the whole series, you can just jump. Like, I usually do that, too. Like, once you see a whole series, you just jump into, you know, go scroll through and find your favorite episode and watch it. Because it doesn't even matter if you watch it out of order anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's great. And this has no lack of awesome fight scenes. Sometimes I like to just watch a cool battle, you know, while I'm working and just have it kind of playing. So I I fully enjoyed Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, yeah, I did as well. Um, Brotherhood is always going to be my favorite, though. The other original 2003 anime has its place. I will never recommend the... <laughs> the live-action Netflix uh, movie. Um, I mean, I guess if you just want to watch it just out of grim curiosity, go for it, but I would not recommend it. Well, I, I've i seen the pictures of it. The casting looks very interesting. Uh, I don't know if I'll check it out. I think maybe that's one of those uh, there's nothing else on. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta watch it. Though, uh, I've been told it kind of has a shortened version of this story or it kind of does its own thing. Yep. So that might be interesting to to check out. But some things just don't translate well into live action. This probably is one of them. I, I can appreciate that. Um, I, live action animes just haven't been successful historically. I don't know what it is. Like I, I, I mean, I guess maybe because anime have such long like storylines and arcs and everything that it's hard to try to condense that entire story into a two hour film. I think it's the same problem you have with video game based movies that it's hard to take condense like a, you know, a, a 50 hour gameplay or whatever into two, three hour movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, but I, I'll definitely check it out. And if you want my opinion on it, I might tweet something out. So we'll see. We'll see if I have a free evening to check it out. Yeah. I think the only thing that was good about it was the casting they did for Maze Hughes. Cause he actually did look like Maze Hughes. Yeah. Would you ever cosplay? As uh, now that we finished with like any of the characters, I, is there one that sticks out I've to you? I've thought about cosplaying as Scar before, and if I had the patience to build a costume, cosplaying as Al would be interesting. Yeah, oh, it's tough. There's so many great characters. I don't know who to cosplay as. Yeah, I think it'd be oh, good. maybe Maze Maze Panda Buddy. Oh, Chow uh, Mei, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be fun. Be a panda. Now that I think about it, I mean, you've been to more Comic-Cons and stuff than I have. I can't think of too many um, too many times that I've seen Full Metal Alchemist cosplay in real life. I mean, I guess I can, you know, jump onto Google or whatnot right now and find pictures of it, but 
I don't think I've seen too much out in the wild. Yeah, now that I think about it, I don't think I've seen any. But to be honest, I haven't gone to like pure just anime conventions. That's true. So I kind of go to just like uh, San Diego Comic Con, the smaller comic conventions uh, here in Texas. I haven't been to a strictly anime one, so maybe they're out there. Uh, or maybe we need to bring them back into the mainstream. You know, Jason, us two bringing full metal cosplay back into the mainstream audience. Yeah, we should. Well, when things open up again and we meet up for something, I think they said like the San Francisco fan days are coming back in 2022. And I'm sure, I don't know, I don't think Comic-Con's coming back this year, but uh, other events might be doing it. And we can, we can coordinate some kind of Full Metal Alchemist uh, cosplay. Man, now I gotta think about who I would like to be. Yeah, how much do you want to invest in the costume? Ooh, this is like if I, I could be it, Ed or something, but like, how much do I want to invest in making metal arm? I mean, you could be like Zampano and just kind of wear regular clothes. Yeah, I guess so. You know, some of those. Maybe I'll go as Marco. Before he got his face messed up. Yeah, that might be easy enough. Oh, man. I, c- I can never do Armstrong. I don't have the willpower to gain that much muscle. Yeah, and those muscle suits never look quite right when you wear them. Nah, but... Yes, next... Uh, if I uh, For an anime convention, I, yeah, I'll definitely uh, try to do a full metal... Maybe I'll do Hughes. I love Hughes so much. I, I guess that that would be the obvious. Yeah, just bring a bring a wallet and have like pictures of your daughter in it or something like that. Yeah. Then somebody has to like kill you halfway through Comic Con or something, figuratively speaking. Oh man. On a side note, I've uh, I've seen pictures of uh, this. This couple that would dress up as, uh, oh my gosh, now I can't, oh, Thomas and Martha Wayne. And every time they saw a Joker, they would lie down in front of them. Well, technically that's not accurate, but yeah, that's pretty funny. I guess, no, if it's Batman Forever, or not Batman, but the original Batman film with Michael Keaton, that makes sense. Because, spoiler alert for almost 40-year-old movie. Joker kills Batman's parents in that one. I feel like Batman's parents have died so many times. If you ever have a free time, uh, go on YouTube. I I forgot what it's called, but I bet you could just type in like Batman's parents die montage. And someone's put together kind of a montage of every time we've seen Batman's parents being murdered in the alley, that alleyway. Yeah. And if you love seeing pearls fall to the ground, then this is the YouTube video for you. Yep, I remember watching that. They've killed his parents so many times. And even in movies where they don't have to kill his parents, like Batman versus Superman, we don't have to see him die, but they were like, throw that in there. You just got, you know, for that one person who's never seen a Batman film, who is like confused as to what motivated Batman to become Batman. So, but I, I definitely, 
I recommend that. I recommend this anime. I recommend Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, I don't know what else I could recommend. Well, I mean, I think now is about as good a time as any, unless you have other thoughts. Now is as good a time as any to tell people, you know, what's next. Uh, no, I, I'm all thought out. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I think so. We're still deciding what's next. We're going to do another podcast. We're probably going to take about a month break or so. So probably mid-June start recording. Um, we have a few ideas running around. We'll probably, we're thinking maybe a King of the Hill podcast. Uh, since we're both huge fans of King of the Hill, we're thinking about maybe also podcasts where we live through millennial nostalgia. So kind of the 90s and the 2000s, things like music, uh, band, or music bands, video games, TV shows, serial. Like, did you know that there was a Steve Urkel serial at the height of the Family Matter, uh, Family Matter craze? You know, stuff like that. So we're thinking, like, these are two ideas that we have floating around. Uh, we might have another one. Uh, whatever we do wind up doing, we will drop the first episode in this in this feed, the Full Metal Pod feed, and then invite you to join our new feed as well. So, yeah, um, I think that covers it. So, again, look for something mid-June. And uh, that's all I've got. And I want to thank everybody who took the time to listen to our podcast. Uh, we... We love doing it. I love doing it. Uh, it gave me a reason to rewatch the, the series. And yeah, thank you for everything. Any parting words, Jimmy? No, just uh, thank you. This has been a, a cool journey. Uh, yeah, and I'm excited to see uh, what we do next. And I hope you all follow us over there. Indeed. Well, for the last time, at least for this podcast, uh, thank you. I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy. Bye. Bye.